Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in Luke chapter 18. And tonight is study number 9. We're looking at the parable in the first eight verses of Luke 18, in which the Lord Jesus is instructing us on prayer, the continuation, the endurance of prayer. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And then the Lord gave a parable concerning a judge in a city that feared not God and regarded not man, and a widow that was in the same city that came to him requesting vengeance of her adversary. And the parable tells us he would not for a while, but then relented because, it says in Luke 18.5, this widow troubleth me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. So this, this is the point that God is making to us. God wants to teach us about persistence concerning just just keep coming. Keep coming. Do not give up. Do not stop. Do not turn back or turn away. Turning to the left or to the right. Keep coming. Keep coming. And and the unjust judge was troubled. The unjust judge was troubled. Now, last time we were looking at uh, a related parable in Luke, in Luke chapter 11, where there was a man who had a friend coming to him on a journey. And so he went to his friend's house at midnight, late at night, and requested three loaves from his friend. Let's read from uh, Luke 11. Um Verse 5, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And so again, the Lord is teaching us a, a parable about prayer. And this parable in Luke 11 is Christ's instructions for Judgment Day. Remember, we talked about that, the first few verses of Luke 11 um, the Lord's Prayer was given. And and the Lord's Prayer are instructions for prayer, guidance in prayer throughout the day of salvation. But within the Lord's Prayer are petitions for salvation that would no longer apply once Judgment Day came. So God gave a, a second prayer. 
it, it, this would be for our time. This would be for the time when we prophesy again. This would be the time for feeding sheep. And, and that's exactly what Luke 11's parables related to when the man comes for the three loaves for bread, not for himself, but for a friend on a journey. God's people come to God in the day of salvation out of obedience to the command that Christ has given that the Bible has issued forth, feed my sheep. So the people of God come to God, we approach him, and and yet it, it's it's late, it's too late. The day is done. The 12-hour workday, remember when we looked at that? The 12 hours that men labor in the vineyard during the day. Then at the 12th hour, and the Great Tribulation is likened to one hour, the last hour, the 11th to the 12th, the last hour of labor, the last hour of work performed in God's vineyard, in, in bringing the gospel to the world unto salvation, and and then the day ends and evening comes, night comes. And that's what has happened. Spiritually, the world has entered into nighttime. Immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. The moon does not give its light and the stars fall. And that means it's dark all over the earth. It's spiritual night. We also know at the end of the Great Tribulation on May 21, 2011, the door shut. So we can see how God in this parable is letting it be known that that the day is over. It's nighttime. When the door is shut, all the children are with the man in bed. That is, all the elect have already been saved and safely brought into the kingdom of heaven. Everything is indicating that you should not go to your friend's house. And remember, God is the friend of the child of God. God calls Abraham his friend. And and if you do whatsoever I command you, you are my friend, Jesus said. And so when we go to our friend, the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Judgment Day, God first reveals the whole situation. He doesn't hide it from us. He lets us know it, it, it's too late. The, it, it's, it's dark, it's night, the door's shut, and so forth. That is, it, it's judgment day. It's the day of wrath, a day of punishment, a day of fierce anger, a, a day of administering the cup to the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. What are you doing coming at this time? And yet, who's the one who uh, commanded us to come. God did, because he said, feed my sheep. And what are we going to feed them? I remember after May 21, 2011, thinking, well, what do we teach? What what do we say? What's going on? There was confusion. Is it judgment day? Is the door shut? Is God still saving? Are we in the Great Tribulation? Out of the Great Tribulation? There was just total confusion for a little while, and it's during that time period we had to go to God, because God had to break the bread. Our daily bread, which is part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, as it says back in Luke eleven three, give us day by day our daily bread. Well, that prayer was for 
the day of salvation. Now there's another prayer. We have to go to God who is within his house after the door shut. And God wants us to know that. And, and so we come and it's a, a bold thing. And that's what's in view with that word importunity. Because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And and that means his lack of reverence, his lack of shamefacedness to dare to come at such an hour and dare to make request that the man of the house, he would have to get up out of bed to give the bread and so forth. And it, it's a bold, bold request. And yet, God is offering encouragement because of that. He will um, give as many as he needeth. And isn't that what we found? That uh, at the beginning, we, we there was no bread. There was nothing to share with people. Uh, it and, and that continued for a little while. We didn't know what to tell people. We didn't know what we should do. Should we, should we give out tracts or, or should we not? And, and for a while people didn't do anything. There was no bread to give, uh, after May 21, 2011 for a little while until God started giving us bread as we came to Him. And now we have abundance. We, we have as much as we need. There's, there's all kinds of biblical information. Um, concerning the righteous revelation of the judgment of God that is open to our understanding. And and therefore, we have bread for friends on their journey. Now we have tracks available. We have four different tracks. We we have Bible studies and um, all, all kinds of teachings we can point people to. And here we are near... The end, in all likelihood, coming October 7th, 2015. And, and so we can share a track with individuals from all over the world. People that, uh, undoubtedly amongst them are God's elect, that great multitude. And, and we have bread for them. We have bread for those on their journey as they are traveling through this world unto the kingdom of heaven. And God here stresses importunity is the reason why the bread was given. Because we came when we should not have come. And and that describes the situation pretty well. As we are praying to God, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, help. And we're praying for wisdom. We're praying for blessing upon our understanding and so forth. And and yet, it's it's just not the proper time, as it was before. Now, the other thing is that the man in the house, when the other uh, individual typifying the elect approaches and makes his request concerning the three loaves, it says in verse 7 of Luke 11, He from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. Does that remind us of anything? Well, let's go back to Luke 18 and our parable. And remember what God said about this unjust judge. In verse 3, And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. 
and he would not for a while, and that word is translated season, so again, it went on for some time. It it, it was not uh, that she just bothered him for a week, but she kept coming that week and the next week and the following week and the week after that, and and there she was. Sometimes he would see her approaching. Sometimes she would be at the door when he would get there. Sometimes he would be there and hear the knock at the door. But there she was. She kept coming. And so uh, it says that he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. So he's not doing this out of any good reason. He, he's, he's not doing this out of um, love for God or love for his fellow man. He has no concern for either. He certainly doesn't care about the widow. And yet, he says in verse 5, Because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. There's the word trouble. That same word that's found back in Luke 11. Luke 11, verse 7. The man within said, Trouble me not. Trouble me not. Coming at the late hour, in importune time, was troubling the man within the house. And... Likewise, the widow woman. The widow woman is troubling the unjust judge. Yet because this widow troubleth me. Now what, what troubled him wasn't the time of day or night that the widow was coming. No, it, that wasn't the problem. The thing that troubled the unjust judge was her continual coming. Her continual coming. She wouldn't stop coming. And, uh, you know, we, we could understand and be sure that um, in an earthly situation, uh, a man like this, an evil man, hey, if you fear not God nor regard man, you're not a good man at all. He's a bad man. And we would fully expect that uh, he would have that widow woman thrown out. He would have someone who, uh, his assistant or or security or someone there, someone to protect him, a guard, take her out, take her out, and show her the door. And she would. She'd be taken out. She'd be shown the door. But next thing you know, maybe that was the morning, and there she is in the afternoon. Or maybe she waited till the next day. And, and the man is thinking, um, what do I have to do to get rid of her? Throw her out again. And he might threaten her and, and so forth. But he's doing everything possible to discourage her, to dissuade her, to get her to stop coming. That's what annoys him, no end. That's what's troubling this unjust judge. She just keeps coming. And then at some point he becomes certain that she's going to never stop. She will not stop. She she just isn't 
uh, discouraged as, as a normal person would be discouraged. Uh, she is insistent and steadfast and unmovable. She keeps coming and she won't give this up. Therefore, the man, he's just thinking about himself. He's only concerned with his own peace, which is not real peace, a, a biblical peace, but but just the quiet of being left alone type of peace. He's only concerned with restoring that. He wants to stop her from coming, and he knows there's only one thing to do. Because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And then the Lord tells us, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Well, we're, we're going to look at verses 6 through 8 in another study. Um, right now, let's go back to the Greek text that's translated here, continual coming, in verse 5, where the unjust judge says, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now, this is um, the translation in two English words, continual coming, does really express uh, what's happening. It, it does show her uh, definite persistence, she just keeps coming. But the, the actual words, the literal translation of continual coming would be unto the end. Unto the end. It would read this way. Because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her... Um, unto the end, or or by her coming unto the end, she weary me. Now, that doesn't make too much sense for the unjust judge to say, coming unto what end? What, what does he mean by that? And yet, spiritually, it makes all the sense in the world when we understand that this is a parable that God has given to encourage his people living on the earth in the day of judgment, as they approach unto the end of the world. And that's exactly where we're headed. And there's a strong likelihood that October 7th, 2015, will be the end. It is the 1600th day since May 21, 2011. And uh, we get 1,600 days from 1,600 furlongs in Revelation 14, verse 20. And, and God speaks of Christians as running the race and in 1 Corinthians 9, and that's the word furlong. So the end of the furlong, according to 1 Corinthians 9, is the end of the race when you receive the crown, an incorruptible crown, which would point to the wonderful future eternal blessings that God has in store for each of his people, each of his elect. And 
that would be the end. The end of the world. The end of our time in this world, our time living on the earth, is when the world is destroyed. And and so here the Lord is teaching us about a widow who has nothing going for her. There's nothing in her that would cause this unjust judge to grant her favor and answer her request in a positive way for vengeance. But but she keeps coming. She keeps coming. And, and that's the point God is emphasizing. Keep coming. There's two things in these two parables teaching us about prayer in Judgment Day. Number one, come when really it's not a proper time to come. And that's where we show importunity. And second, keep coming. That, that would be like coming at midnight and, and if your request isn't granted, you keep coming in an importune way and you keep coming unto the end. Some people have stopped coming or they've ceased for a while and they've given up and, and they're tired and, and they're weary and, and they, just have lost hope, apparently, that God will hear their prayer. And, you know, that's no different. That That's how uh, God has worked all through history. There has been mothers and fathers and and husbands and wives and, and people who had a, a concern and love for other people, and and yet they weren't saved. And so they would go to God praying and, and crying, beseeching the Lord, Oh, Lord, have have mercy because it was the day of salvation won't you save my son my daughter my husband and they would pray for 10 years 20 years sometimes 30 years sometimes 40 years sometimes no change no change whatsoever so none of us have an excuse none of us that well god hasn't heard my prayer therefore why pray no no, it, this parable in that sense has application at all times to all the Lord's people. Keep coming because it, God is not an unjust judge. If an unjust judge would hear a, a widow's plea because of her persistence, how much more the good and righteous judge of the earth, how much more the holy God who does all things uprightly and perfectly and he he is a god full of love and goodness and compassion and how much more knowing that this is the god who we're approaching unto how do you think that widow woman would have felt if she had a judge to go to who was a good judge an upright judge a judge who loved her, a judge who cared for her and her, everything about her situation. Don't you think that this widow would have been even all the more encouraged as she presented her supplications to that kind of a judge? Yet she would not give up even though in her case the judge was an evil man who had no 
love or concern, no compassion, no care for her or her situation. She kept coming. That's the point God's making. Here, what the unjust judge says, he heard her case. He granted her request. He gave her what she desired. Now the Lord is saying, Come to me. Come to me. At a time you should not come. That's true. But come to me. And and keep coming to me. Keep praying. Keep praying for those that you love and and all the people in your life. Keep praying for them unto the end. The word end is telos. It's Strong's number 5056. It's the word found in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22. It says in Matthew 10, 22, He shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. It's also the word in Matthew chapter 24. And in verse um, 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Endure to the end is tied to this widow's continual coming. She's enduring. She's enduring. No matter the circumstances, the circumstances aren't pleasant at all for her, but she's enduring. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says in verse 6, But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? And then also in verse 14 of Hebrews 3, For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now, there's something interesting here in Hebrews 3. I read verse 6 and I read verse 14. But look what comes in between in in verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It's set in the context where God is describing the coming out of Egypt and the 40-year testing program, the 40-year time of temptation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. And we've talked about this before, how that matches very well with May 21, 2011, the day of great deliverance of all God's elect, and then 1,600 days, which breaks down to 40 times 40, the testing program. 
And, and so it's no wonder that God makes that statement in verse six. And notice he says, if it's conditional, if we hold fast the confidence, the word confidence is the word boldness from first John four seventeen, boldness in the day of judgment. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. But, but why is it uh, a difficulty? Why will it be hard to hold fast the confidence unto the end? Because you will be severely tried. And, and the storm is coming. The house has been built. Whose house are we? But once the house is constructed, built upon the rock, and another house is on the sand, then God brings the storm of judgment day against it to assail it, to beat against that house, to see what foundation is really underneath us. Are we part of the house of the living God who has a rock as the foundation? Or are we just part of a church or some some other um, temporal thing of this world And when the storm comes, it will demolish the house. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.